0: In this town, there is no offseason. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland, but there isn't necessarily a game this Sunday. We'll have to wait till Monday night when the Browns take on the Cincinnati Bengals. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. And if you like this podcast, you know you can you can subscribe to it. All you got to do is click the little button. But we want to let you know that today's show is brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Brian Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Daryl, uh, a little bit of a unique situation for us today. Browns don't play today. And I am actually uh, doing this podcast from my car. And I am doing this podcast from where I always do my podcast. Basically...
1: Uh, as we're finding, as we go through this season, we're basically, instead of playing where's Waldo, we're playing where's Andy, because every time <laughs> he does this podcast, he is in a different location. He's never in the same place twice.
0: That's true. So today it's a car. I'm just outside of Columbus, uh, but I'm not driving just to make sure everybody knows that I'm sitting in a parking lot outside of an ice rink, which is where I normally am most of the time. Uh, sometimes I am at a school on the near east side sometimes i'm at my uh, mother's house sometimes i'm in my basement sometimes we're also i'm trying to think of other places we've done the podcast from your mom's basement literally I, oh my mom's basement <laughs> yes sitting on the floor in my mother's basement that was a lot of fun doing that one it's just the worldwide uh flexibility that you have when you're doing a podcast speaking <laughs> of flexibility it sounds like kareem hunt has a little bit of flexibility where will he be playing next week daryl Ryder?
1: Well, I I, honestly, I think if it's not going to be with the Browns, the best shot appears to be the Philadelphia Eagles, but um, again, takes two to tango. It's easy for us to throw scenarios out there and and talk about this, but uh, I will say this after listening to him speak on Saturday, which again, this isn't a criticism because he handled the questions very professionally, but Just my gut tells me that he would not be brokenhearted if the Browns traded him because he's not getting opportunities here, which he kind of said when he was asked, Hey, is there a lot more to your game than we've seen this season? And he's like, "Uh, yeah, I just need the opportunities. And he's not getting them. His carries the last two games have completely vanished. He was getting at least double digits per game in carries. And now the last two games combined, he's had nine. Um, he was getting four to five passes per game. Now he's getting one or two passes per game. So these last two weeks, his uh, participation as far as touches have basically vanished within this offense. I don't understand why. I don't get it. So my impression is while he he was professional on Saturday and answering the questions, hey, I'm tuning on it. I'm not listening to social media or talk radio or podcasts which it kind of broke my heart that he's not a P one listener to 92, three, the fan, or it's always game day in Cleveland, but wow. uh, you know, that's I'll, it. And I was
0: going to cover Willoughby South on Friday. Mm.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, I'm just going to have to deal with, deal with and, and get over that. But um, yeah, I just, I think that he would welcome a change of scenery. Uh, he's clearly bothered by the fact that they're two and five and not winning. I mean, he made the joke that he's so competitive. He gets angry if he loses rock, paper, scissors. Mm-hmm. Um, so You know, This is not a situation where he's a bad guy, he's a problem child, he's a pain in the butt, those type of things. This is the business of football right now. And right now, the business of football from my standpoint and how I view the situation is they need to trade Kareem Hunt. Number one, to do right by that guy. He's done everything that's been asked of him when he came here. We all know when they signed him, I was vehemently against them signing him. But you know what? I I give Kareem Hunt his credit and his just due. Uh, He has rehabilitated himself. He's rehabilitated his image. That doesn't take away from what he's done in the past, but you know what? He's done what was asked of him. He got a contract extension from the Browns. The Browns have gotten a bargain from him since he's been here, and a big reason why is because of his past transgressions off the field. Uh, outside of that uh, traffic stop in in Rocky River, um, y- he's you know behaved himself. He's not gotten himself into trouble. So I, I and y- you know his career is finite, especially being a running back. Like this is the reason why he asked for the trade in training camp and he did the the sit in sit out, however you want to call that. You know, mm-hmm. not taking those team reps for a couple. The reason he did that is because he knows like his career is finite. He, he needs to put up numbers so he can get to free agency next year and, and make some money. And quite frankly, from my standpoint, and again, this is somebody who was against the Browns signing the guy. Um, he he deserves it. He deserves the opportunity to go get paid next offseason. That, that's just how I feel about
0: it. So, Daryl, and I don't disagree with you either. I I, I hope they just get, cut him some slack and get him out of here because they're not using him, which makes no sense to me at all. When I look at what the Browns are, and how they are run as an offense, Kareem Hunt is probably the fourth most talented, third most talented player on our offense. I mean, look, we we don't look at offensive linemen to gauge them about what they're what they can do. We look at at the skill positions, and there I, I don't find I, like Kareem easily could be number two in that. Well, I shouldn't say number two, number three, because you look at Amari Cooper, you say yes, Nick Chubb clearly is number one, right? So there's your top two weapons on offense. And, and then it's a know, coin
1: flip between him and David Njoku. And exactly right. right. You're
0: exactly right. So I, I just don't think, I, like, to me, when you're a 2-5 and five team and you're not utilizing your weapons, I'm sorry. If the fact they're not using him makes them look silly. Yep. Why wouldn't you use your talent? Like, what, this goes back to the inherent problem of the Cleveland Browns since 1999. Why does someone always have to feel like they're the smartest person in the room? It doesn't take a genius to understand that Nick, uh, that Kareem Hunt has value and provides something that the offense can use, especially if you want to go to a two-back system. I don't understand the way the Browns think. I just don't. We're talking about a team that was literally one play away from the AFC Championship and three hours away from the Super Bowl not too long ago. Now they've driven this thing back into the ground by feeling that they had to reinvent the wheel. And it just doesn't, like, I don't understand how they couldn't get Kareem Hunt involved in the offense. If you didn't want to give him the opportunity to run the ball, then throw him the damn ball. But now, and here's another point to this, Daryl, what sense there's a story that's out early this morning. Obviously we're taping on a Sunday morning before the Monday night game against the Cincinnati bills, but what value is there to go out and say, you know, the Browns are going to grant his request for a trade. How does that help your value? Help me. What is I, I don't, I don't understand how that's beneficial to the Browns to announce the world. Yeah, he's we're going to trade him unless they weren't getting any offers. Is that the only reason why? Yeah, anytime the Browns
1: have anytime there's something out there that looks like it came from the Browns, it's planted. They want it out there because, look, I mean, I go back to just the. I, I call the Browns facility now the penitentiary. The only thing that's missing in that place is barbed wire because the place is so secure. They literally, they have two security guards at the front door and you can't walk in the front door until they let you in the building and you have to sign in and all. And that's fine. They, you know, It's their house, their rules. Well, okay. Sure. But it's, it is, it, the point of me mentioning that is, is that they're as secure with their business as they are allowing people into their building and the media we are treated like we are a security threat. That's how they treat us. We are a security threat to them. Okay. They don't like the security people saying hello to us. They don't like team employees saying hello to us, unless they're a member of the PR staff or the players or coaches. Um, They don't want us accidentally bumping into the GMs in the hallway. Like we used to do ok. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime a story comes out that it came from the Browns where the Browns are saying we're going to grant his request. That's deliberate. That's a will somebody please make us an offer for the player? We are listening. We want so that to was offer. a meeting.
0: Like at some point someone said, okay, should we, should we release this right. or not release this? And
1: going back to the guardrails, going back to Paul DePodesta's guardrails when he was hired way back in, what was it, 15 or 16, right? And they're right. all like, what the hell are they doing hiring a baseball guy to run the to help run the Browns, right? Um, one of Paul DePodesta's guardrails is no uncoordinated media leaks. That is one of his guardrails, and it is, it's in. It is spelled out amongst the cap management, what they look for in players, all that stuff. It's in there. No uncoordinated media leaks. So that is a coordinated media leak to get and cultivate some offers for Kareem hunt, because quite frankly, um, I don't know that Kareem has a lot of value. And again, that's not a criticism of Kareem hunt. That's the business of football you are not going to get a Christian McCaffrey deal for Kareem Hunt.
0: Originally, that's what was reported earlier this week.
1: Yeah, and that's not – there's no chance that's happening. I think the best deal the Browns are going to get for Kareem is a fourth-round pick. Maybe some conditions applied to it that bumps it up to a three, but I think that – unfortunately, I think that's the best the Browns can hope for to get for him. A, because he passed – be because of his numbers and the way they use him. And I 1,000% agree with you about not using him. The Browns, they wasted Odell Beckham Jr. when he was here. And now they've wasted Kareem Hunt.
0: And in some ways, people will tell you they're wasting Nick Chubb too by not using him in crucial situations. Yep. Um, I, I, one more question before we, go to, uh, before we wrap up this segment. I just Why Philly? Why do you think Philly would be the right choice for him? Or well, they, well, worse.
1: they're they're undefeated. They need some help in the backfield, and he—I mean, he—he he can walk in to any team right now, Andy, and be their number one running back. He he can like again again like. So I just, why
0: just a fourth round pick? That's the, that's the hard part. Like because, I you and I agree because
1: on that. because because right now he is currently averaging four yards a carry. Um, he's not touching the ball a lot. He's not because he's not been able to showcase what he can still do. You know what I'm saying? He has 15 catches for 87 yards and a touchdown this year. And the touchdown came in week one. Um, He's only had two touchdowns since week one. Remember, uh, uh, rushing, let me clear, rushing touchdowns. He has four touchdowns total this season three on the ground, one passing. Two of those touchdowns came in week one. He's not like he got the touchdown last week in Baltimore by accident. Let's be honest about it. Right. I mean, right. it was a two yard run. He did that himself type thing. Um, but yeah, they, they're not using him, And the only thing too is, is what Andrew Barry's done uh, when it comes to like the, the roster construction. And um, I say this kind of tongue in cheek, but it seems like every year Andrew Barry's drafting another running back that they don't need. Right. 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 And plus the Ernest Johnson, who was a restricted free agent back on the one, you know what I mean? Like it's just, he, Barry created a log jam at that position. But the funny thing is, and I, I remember us talking about it, one of my chief concerns going into the season was that we were going to have a replica situation to last year. In training camp, all we're doing is we're talking about all the wide receivers they have and all the talent they have and how they're going to feed everybody and is everybody going to be happy, right? right. And at the end of the season, Odell's no longer on the roster and they didn't have a single 600-yard receiver, right? This year. Going to training camp all the time was the running backs. How are they going to feed all these running backs? Can they keep all the running backs on the roster? What's Andrew Barry going to do? He has all this talent in this position, yada, 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 right? Guess what? Look where they are now.
0: We have one running back we barely use, and he's probably the best in the game. Right. I shouldn't say we barely use him. He's got, I mean, he's top five in the league. In carries, yeah, I mean, but-
1: they, they, they use him, <clears throat> but they don't use him enough. And, 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 you know, and, 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 and again, you'd understand them not using Nick Chubb enough. If they were using Kareem hunt more, which they totally
0: agree with you. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, we'd love if you did that for us. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us at the show, you can always hit us up on social media, whether it's Instagram or Twitter at game day, CLE. Still plenty of things to talk about when it comes to the Browns. We'll preview the game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Plus you got uh, all kinds of injuries going on. So we got to get up to speed on that and (laughs) Halloween awaits. It is always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right, sit down, relax, grab a cup of coffee, because here comes the injury report for Monday night against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's long yet distinguished. Most importantly, Jamar Chase. Daryl, before you start saying that, do you remember – um when you would watch local news and i don't know if you're i don't know if you're old enough so we didn't read scores on local news do you remember these days yes yeah, so and so what guy, we would do you, you'd they run, would the run ticker. like yeah like no not even a ticker credit so it was like the end of the movies you'd be like and now here's all the scores on a roll and they would roll all the scores i can't, I can't believe we did that what a waste of time And hi, and yeah because you guys used to do it for high school football too Oh, my God. Yeah, we did it for everything. And you like you couldn't wait for it on high school football because you wanted to see if your if your team won and if you didn't know. And I mean, seriously, they would play two and a half music, two and a half minutes with music underneath of just scores rolling across the screen. (laughs) It was compelling
1: television. Let me tell
0: you. I got to ask Phelps about that on Monday, too. I I totally forgot about that. All right. Here we go. Ready to play. I wish we had some music we could play underneath this. But here we go. Here's your injury report for Browns Bengals. And it's an impressive one.
1: Yeah, the lawyers took the fun out of everything. Uh, We're not allowed to play music. Um, So here we go. Jamar Chase, hip injury. He's out four to six weeks for the Bengals. That's the good news for the Browns. Here comes the bad news. And there is a lot of it. First of all, uh, Joe Haig, the uh, offensive lineman, uh, he was placed on IR uh, yesterday. So uh, cross him officially off the injury report. Won't, uh, he's uh, uh, going to be uh, done for a couple of weeks here. Uh, David Njoku, uh, not great. Um, was Looked fine on Thursday when we talked to him. And then Friday when I saw him in the locker room, he was putting on a walking boot. And I was like, yeah, he's not playing this weekend. Guess what? He's not. Sprained ankle. Uh, he is out. Good news by week. So hopefully that helps him get back Uh, faster. Why? Let me
0: bring up one point. Harrison Bryant did not look bad last week.
1: No, he didn't. Um, but when you're trying to use those two and three tight end sets, your depth gets challenged at the position. And so that's, uh, a little difficult. Wyatt Teller, uh, is out with the calf strain second straight week. And, um, uh, Yelda will be in there, uh, filling in for him. Denzel oh, yeah. Ward, third straight game. He misses with a concussion. Wow. Did not practice all week. So a- as you can see, that advantage the Browns had for Jamar Chase being out, it has vanished quickly. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is no advantage now that uh, Jamar Chase is not playing. So uh, questionable Pharaoh Brown. I think there's a chance he can play. And again, well, they're, they're going to need
0: him if them. you, if you, right. For that tight end spot. I mean.
1: well and here's the other problem you got greedy williams who was limited good news he was limited saturday after not practicing thursday friday uh he's questionable with an illness uh greg Newsom is questionable limited all week of practice with an oblique injury so the secondary's not in great shape and you gotta try and slow down t higgins and tyler boyd oh my god <laughs> May the force be with you. Trying to do that because those guys are really, so let's just, really good.
0: Yeah, you want let's. Um, I'm just trying to go back and think about what this injury list. Uh, obviously, you're right. You talked about the tight ends, uh, the position, the Wyatt Teller thing. I think it was completely underrated last week. It was much yeah. bigger than than what people did, didn't talk about and and didn't uh, get. Really it. Denzel Ward me. again. Yeah, and with Denzel Ward too. That's not a Browns thing. That's not the Browns doctors. That's the uh, independent NFL keeping him out. Right.
1: Yeah. So, um, and like I said, he's not even been limited in practice. Like he's just, he's still in the protocol. So uh, there's
0: no way he gets traded. Is there who Denzel? Yeah. No, I don't know. I just, I, I I don't know if it was, phone call chatter or just uh, social media chatter, but, but we were talking about, okay, well, if they're going to trade, great. If just you gave and, and read a hundred million
1: dollars, there's no way Andrew Barry's trading him.
0: Yeah. I, and I agree with that, but I just wonder about, and it's not so much Denzel, it's anybody else. It's yeah. who else could we be talking about being traded before the trade? Cause
1: he's, he's in the final year of, you know, he's on a one-year contract. He's a, you know, veteran and, in that,
0: um, so, but Clowney to me would be that if they lose to Cincinnati, then you would consider it much more than you would right. if they win. Right,
1: a hundred percent, absolutely. But that's, I mean, that's where they're at. Like, you know, Andrew Barry has to assemble some more draft capital, in my view, because he needs to be able to trade up into the second round. You know, get extra, you know, an extra second round pick if he can, or get. um Maybe into the back end of round one, which I don't think is going to be possible, but we're just having a conversation here. I just think that he needs to build as much draft capital as he can to give him as much flexibility because you don't have first round picks. So whatever holes you have on your roster right now, you're not fixing with your first round pick. Right, you're not going to the right. combine shopping for the whatever Houston Texans gonna get a probably top 10 pick when it's all said and done from the Browns. So you're already in for two top 15 picks Ugh. for Deshaun Watson. And if you don't get this boat turned around next year, then you're looking at three times. To- then that becomes like the deal of the century for the Houston Texans. Now, granted, right. they don't have a they wouldn't have a franchise quarterback, but when you're talking about like their team building or whatever. That just becomes huge that they have all the, you know, all these draft picks from the Browns. And let's let's not forget, you know, alternating the second, third, fourth round picks, those become high round picks. Right. Because the Browns. So I mean, it's again, I I just I'm cautioning Browns fans. This Deshaun Watson trade we're all expecting it to save the franchise i think that that's fair to say right we're expecting you know because for well and the pressure just
0: gets deeper and deeper every day right right
1: but but you know we're all expecting because they haven't had a franchise quarterback for 25 years that they make this trade and now so they have their quote-unquote franchise quarterback and i would just remind people the houston texans sucked with deshaun watson as their quarterback not because Deshaun Watson isn't talented or any good, but because the team around him sucked, and they had oh. Watt down, and they had Watt down there too. So it's kind of like you got Deshaun and Miles Garrett. Uh, you, you see
0: what I'm saying? Like i just... Oh, it's... Oh, yeah, I totally see it.
1: So it, just just because they made this trade doesn't mean that the Browns all of a sudden are going to be good. Like um, Jacoby Brissett, we we talked about it a lot. Has he been great? No, but he's been good enough for them to be five and two right now. He's been good enough. He's not been the, pro- he's been the problem in one game of the, of the, the uh, seven games they've played. Jacoby Brissett was the problem in one of them. And so when I look at this, there's a lot of pressure on Andrew Berry to, to figure out what's going wrong with this roster, because this is not a lock r- locker room of jerks. This is not a locker room of just bad dudes. This is not a locker room of guys that just suck at the sport of football. They've got They've got good guys in the locker room. They've got talented guys in the locker room, and they're not winning. Hmm. That, you, know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, oh. what's, that's what compounds the frustration with this. This is not like we're back in 14, 15, 16, 17, where we're just sitting there and we're saying, well, they don't have this. They don't have this. They don't have this. You need this, this, and this. to comp-. That's not the situation the Browns find themselves in they have the talent they have quality guys within their locker room they're just not getting the job done and Andrew Barry's got to figure out why that is and how they can fix it because next year the pressure's on everybody to win they're probably getting a mulligan this year
0: I don't know it kind of feels like there's a little, little bit of pressure this year too but we'll see what ha- I mean and, and, and probably rightfully so because they could have had this this record flipped around at five and two Um, before we hit the before we hit the last stuff and we start talking a little bit more about tomorrow night's game Um, with the trade deadline on Tuesday, I do think it's interesting. I like the fact that there's a little bit more hype and a little bit more fun to the NFL trade deadline. Not, not, it's not like the NBA trade, the t- trade deadline. It's not like major league baseball trade deadline, but I do like the fact that the NFL has kind of embraced it a little bit more. And I mean, remember it would be impossible to get traded in the past. And if it did, it only happened in the off season. Um, I, I like this little bit of a, No, a a little bit of trying to figure out if you're a buyer and seller in the NFL. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I I do. too. It makes it fun. And honestly, I think they should bump it back another two weeks or so to to cultivate more activity. The the issue is, though, is you have this the salary cap ramifications when making trades, the dead money uh, for the team that is trading the player. And then uh, obviously the team that's acquiring the player has to have the cap room to be able to absorb uh those figures. Uh I, I don't know. I I if you want to facilitate trades and if you want blockbuster trades, like I'm talking mega blockbuster trades, right? Right. <laughs> like if you if you want a Deshaun Watson type of a trade in the middle of a season, then I think what you have to do there is incentivize it. Maybe you get you know you can uh change remember, the rules
0: or loosen the yeah, rules. you
1: know you get it you get a break on your dead cap money or something. If, you know, if you trade a star player or something like that, but um, I, I, the reason I say they should bump it back two more weeks, because then now you're 11 weeks into the season and you really know if you're a buyer or seller, True. Now those that say it's perfect where it's at because now it's strategy. Now it's strategic. Are you a buyer? Like if the Browns win Monday night against the Bengals, which is very possible, they've won seven of the, like the last eight in the series, the Bengals are like the only team the Browns are capable of beating on a consistent basis. (laughs) Swear to like, it's, it's, it's incredible. If there's one team, the Browns can actually beat in the national football league regularly. It's the Bengals. Um, so If they're going to, uh, you know, if they win and they go to three and five, I think that complicates things for Andrew Barry, because now going into the bye week, you can talk yourself into.
0: Hey, look, Tom Brady's hurt down the road. we're We're a chance we're so close i know it's just just like we've
1: all we've lost four games by less than three points we're
0: not look really the bills are the only team on the schedule you can kind of do that you know you start looking at that you can really start
1: talking to your talking yourself into some bad decision making
0: oh i did this last week i did it like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) when we come back we will preview the browns and Bengals, and don't forget to halloween next it's always game day and clue it's always game day in Cleveland he's Daryl Ryder I'm Andy Baskin um I want to talk about a big day for Joe Hayden we want to talk about this game obviously coming up on Monday night between the bronze and Bengals. but Daryl, the big question and I've had a lot of people ask me because uh you know I I have the pulse of the city but I just don't have it on this question um what kind of candy will Daryl Ryder be handing out on Halloween and do you get a lot of trick-or-treaters
1: uh, I, I don't get a lot of trick or treaters these days. I used to, um, the street that I live on is not a drive-through street, which is great. Cause that means idiots don't go screaming down my road. Right. Um, but yeah, my, I, I'm not going to lie. Like my house is not like a Halloween destination for the neighborhood for candy, but I am generous. I give out Reese's and Snickers. I give they- I, I make sure I give out good stuff. Like I don't, I don't give out some of the, the weak sauce that you see out there. I make sure you get a quality candy bar if you stop by for trick-or-treat. So wait,
0: are we talking about the like the half sizes, the minis, or the, the ones that drive me nuts? <laughs> I'm going to be honest, the Snickers that came out a couple years ago, and they're still pretty big right now. In fact, I think I have one in my car. Yeah, we're not okay. talking then the little I'm,
1: squares. I don't do the little squares. I here do it that. is. I, like
0: the, these little ones? No, no, you not can those. See it. I, the, and I just happened to grab it because I, we have a handful. Yeah, of, no, no. I can't, I, these I don't are do Ridiculous.
1: Yeah, th- those are like the the single bite Snickers. No, I do the I do like the the
0: minis, the mini bars. Single bite. This is like barely a taste of Snickers.
1: Uh, you you don't even have to chew that. You could just pop that in your mouth and swallow it whole.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Snickers. Not, oh, here's what we'll do. We'll take all the letters and we'll just put one individually in there. So when kids get home at the end of the night, they can, see they, can if they can see if spell. they can
1: spell out Snickers. Actually, it's a it's a genius marketing ploy
0: it does work but i'm just not and then you know why they do it too because <clears throat> when they do the multi candy bags they can say oh there's 600 pieces in here yeah 600 pieces of three snickers yes 100 exactly. percent yeah that's marketing I, I what it is it's like yeah, you
1: bag you bought you buy a bag of potato chips and 75 percent of the bag is air it's
0: a good point good point what um uh last. I just one more question because I know a lot of people ask me this question too. When Daryl Ryder was a kid, what was his favorite costume to wear on Halloween?
1: Pirate. I love dressing up as a pirate. I think I did that like three times. You Did yeah, really? Yeah, it was real big. Now the last time as an adult that I dressed up for Halloween, I was Ron Burgundy.
0: Oh, that would have been great.
1: Which I don't think I can dress up as Ron Burgundy anymore because, like, you know, because I would walk around and you know anyone that's seen the movie. Anchorman, you know, I would recite lines from the movie, trying to do my trying to do my Ron birdie and of course, ninety percent of the lines from the movie you can't recite anymore. So no, that's
0: funny because I was going to tell you some of the things I dressed up as in college, and I realized that none of them would be uh, appropriate for today's. Yeah, I mean, are they over the top? No, but would somebody be like, really? And then you'd be like, all right, maybe we shouldn't have done that, or or, you know, one of those kind of things. Yeah, Um, like
1: I I don't get I. I'm a big Bill Maher fan and on his, uh, HBO show, he did, uh, his, his end of, end of show topic, what was Halloween costumes and stuff. Right. And I I thought he made a really good point about like, um, you know, the outrage over people dressing up as Jeffrey Dahmer. And he's like, if there's ever like the whole point of, dressing up for Halloween is to freak people out. And if there's ever a dude that would freak you out, it's Jeffrey Dahmer,
0: <laughs> you <for> know? Sure.
1: <laughs> but uh, I-, I thought it was comic because about the oversensitivity as far as like costumes and stuff. And I, look, I get there, there are some costumes that are like completely inappropriate and shouldn't be worn and, and whatever. But Halloween is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be an opportunity to kind of let loose a little bit and, you know, make fun of the morbid and, uh, you, right. know, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, um, I always tried to do like really, uh, um, fun costumes. Um, I was not a good looking kid growing up. So I was told, uh, by a lot of my classmates, uh, not much of a good looking guy in, in my mid forties now. So I really, you know, I really don't need to dress up anymore for Halloween, but, um, I always enjoyed fun costumes. Um, one, one of my first jobs, um, um, I worked a video counter, so when Toy Story came out for the uh, the the promotion, the Pixar promotion for the movie when it went to right. video rental, I was we all dressed up, and I was Woody. Perfect. Perfect. I, I dressed up as Woody for the. They and that was a lot of fun, but yeah, I, I I'm a fun costume guy. I'm not a uh, you know Freddy Krueger or Jason or no. Myers or the Scream guy. You know, of course Dustin yeah. will be
0: dressed up tomorrow when he walks in the studio. He'll be Mike Myers. He'll try to. I would
1: him be him very disappointed of. if Dustin was not dressed up.
0: I think he's done that every year. Let me also give you one other <clears throat> behind the scenes story. Sorry, my throat's going a little bit here. Um, the the Dahmer story reminded me of another story. Did you know, and uh, you know, rest of soul, um, Michael Stanley, but Jeffrey Dahmer was a big MSB fan. Yes. And so when the producers were putting the show together, I haven't seen the show yet, but I just remember Michael coming in and going, this is really weird. They're, they're doing this thing on, on Dahmer. And they're asking me if I have any old like MSB t-shirts and stuff to get a hold of so that they could do some of that during this, uh, uh, is it a it's a series that's out right now the dahmer series yeah I, yeah I, I, I don't know that i just i know everyone's talking about it so um and michael talked about that you know before he passed away we we had a couple of conversations about that about how he thought it was just it was it was just like jeffrey dahmer loved msb and he was like and they were looking for t-shirts and stuff so yeah i gave it to him for the, the producers were singing for a serial killer isn't that <laughs> you, crazy you didn't know it right yeah that is why. um Darrell, let's hop a little bit into the game. Right, so your thoughts on this game against the Bengals? I obviously think this is the season. It's a game changer. It's um, it's the difference between being able to make the play, even, even having a glimmer of hope of a postseason compared to just saying, okay, we're, we're now what do we do and how are we going to regroup for the future where we don't have first round draft picks?
1: I gave up the glimmer of hope last week. I think it vanished when they lost to the Ravens. Well, I'd but, rather have a glimmer. But you're right. I mean, as we were talking about earlier, like if they win this game, they can all talk themselves into still having a chance, right? Uh, If they lose it, there's there's no talking their way into anything because you're you're two and six and you're 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 cooked and you might as well just cancel the rest of the season and save us all the time. But um, you know, I I. I think it's a winnable game. Again, the, the Bengals are like the one team the Browns can beat. Joe Burrow has never beaten the Browns, which unfortunately means he's due. He is, I mean, he is flaming hot right now. He's thrown six touchdowns in two games. He's thrown for, uh, I think, 781 yards combined over the last two games. The explosive down the field plays are back. Um, now, the protection up front still not great. Uh, I, I did chuckle a little bit uh, on Saturday when miles Garrett said uh, he's not Lamar Jackson true, but M- miles still gave me, he goes, but that guy is like really freaky talented and it's going to be really tough to contain him. Um, so yeah, th- this is going to be a tough, this, this has the potential to be a very entertaining game. And when I say entertaining, I mean like defense optional for both teams. Like I, I just, I, I feel like, and I gotta tell, I love shootouts. I love shootout games. I love a good forty-two to forty-one game. I don't know why. I just do. It's kind of like so that, would, that would days. make you a
0: huge Ohio State fan then, right now? Ah, uh, right.
1: big big Buckeye fan. Big Buckeye honk here. Was very very happy about that outcome in well, the fourth that
0: quarter. Month.
1: Was oh, mm, that's that's how the game is played. Um, the professional football in the state of Ohio is played in Columbus and Cincinnati. Um, used to be just Columbus, but. The Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year. So I guess Cincinnati plays pro football too. The Browns, they're still trying to figure out what pro football is all about. And that's unfortunate. But um yeah, I I am I've not made my pick yet for this game, Andy. Because well, do it now, Daryl. No, I feel like a politician because I'm going back and forth. I'm trying to talk myself into the Browns winning this game. Like the easy pick for me to be like Bengals are gonna win, Browns go to two and six. Done. Sure. Right. Right. But I'm trying to talk myself into the Browns winning this game Monday night. I really am.
0: Yeah, I am too. Especially because it just—I you know, can't imagine going into the bye week thinking, "Wow, the season's over." That I think that's—we've done it before. I know what it's like. I know. I mean, it's not even November yet. I know. It's such a brutal feeling knowing that your team has no hope. Like you're hoping, okay, let's have hope at least until Thanksgiving, right? I can go into the last month of the season going, all right, we're worried about next year, but we can't even do that. Like nope. we can't worry about next year because we don't have the draft picks right now. They and next really, year never really...
1: carries over. Like, I mean, right. I mean, 2020, uh, we're we're all thinking coming out of that. Hey, it's going to carry over into to next season. And the Browns are contenders, this, that, and the other. And, you know, th- that season, you know, went to hell and it, in the blink of an eye and now the team has regressed even further right and you're just sitting there saying well Deshaun's coming back at the end of the at the end of the season right get him for the final six games so that'll carry over into next year and I can't even now bring like I'm to a point now I can't even bring myself to have that conversation because I've yet to see any carryover well if they lose
0: that's the next month everything's everything turns to Deshaun yeah. Everything turns to Deshaun. So. Well, we've, we've, we have
1: we've already started asking questions about it this week. I mean, we asked Jacoby Brissett. hey, you got, yeah. I got a couple more of these starts to go. And, you know, are you thinking about Deshaun coming back? And how can you still be a leader if you're not starting and on the field playing and things? So we're we as the folks covering the team, we're already there.
0: That's it's true. Well, we'll see what happens. Monday night, it's the Browns and Bengals, and we will have a post-game show for you immediately following. So, uh, bring your PJs, bring your blankets. I'm sure you're going to want to stay up in the middle of the night. And I'm guessing Joe po- Hayden immediate. will
1: be the dog pound captain. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Just
0: quickly, uh, just tell me a little bit about Joe Hayden because I, I maybe we can talk a little bit more about this tomorrow. But Joe Hayden will be. Uh, signed a one-day contract with the Browns yeah. yesterday yeah. at a press conference.
1: Yeah, he, uh, he'll officially retire as a uh, member of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, He was back – it was good seeing him back at the facility on uh, Saturday. Got the same smile he had when he was 21 years old back in 2010. That, you know, big, bright smile of his. Uh, just, a, just a ton of energy. The thing that I'm going to remember most about Joe Hayden, Andy, is how – not only his 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 love, respect, and appreciation for the city of Cleveland, but how how the losing affected him it like i all of these guys are competitors, all of these guys want to win, but the losing affected Joe in ways that I never saw losing affect pro athletes. He took it personally, sure, and um. And so that's why anytime fans would get on him because he signed with the Steelers and stuff like that, or, you know, they would question his heart because he got hurt. You know, he did have in some injury history and things like that. I, I, I just, I, I just, I, I remember those scenes in the, in the locker room, whether it was during the week or after games and I, I just I will always respect and appreciate him because nobody took losing harder, and the Browns did a lot of the best season they had when he was here was 2014 when they went seven and nine. That was the the Brian Hoyer was awesome, and the team was Pay the you know, man, you, you know. And then someone in the building decided they needed to sell more Johnny football jerseys, and they had to get him on the field, and then the season went to hell. Um, he, he just, he, he, he loved being a Cleveland Brown. The reason he went to the Pittsburgh Steelers was because the Browns didn't want him anymore because they, they needed to lose games. Joe was going to make the rest of the team look bad. They couldn't have really good pro bowl caliber players on their team. And you know what? And, And I wrote this in my story on the website too, Andy, they did him. They, they did right by him by trading or by releasing him because they spared him the indignity of a winless season good point. He had just suffered one in 15. Okay. Right. Just went through that. They spared him. zero and 16. So honestly, they did him a favor. And the reason he went to Pittsburgh is because his family was in Cleveland. Pittsburgh's two hours away. He didn't have to move his family if he didn't want to, at least right away, we forget these guys are human beings too. Right. So, and the fact that he made a pro bowl with the Steelers, um, I think it was in 2019, uh, is great. Good for him. But, yeah, all-time Mount Rushmore of the expansion era, he's on it. And all-time good guys, Daryl Ryder's all-time good guy, Browns team, he's on it. He's right there with Phil Dawson and Joe Thomas and Josh Cribs and all those guys. Like, I just I, – I can't say enough good things about Joe Hayden, the player, and Joe Hayden, the person.
0: You know. I echo your sentiments and uh, I always know that he was easy to work with. And just so I I remember all the charity events and all that other stuff that, you know, he cared about the team, even though he was in Pittsburgh, it was just, it didn't, something didn't really seem right about him being a Steeler. And I don't know that I'll ever think of him as a Steeler down the road. He's Darrell Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin for our producer, Meredith Kane. Thanks for listening to it's always game day in Cleveland. The next time we will talk to you, we'll be following the Browns and Bengals. Where will Kareem Hunt be? That's another question we'll have answered, hopefully, on the next edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Thanks for listening.